Oh, I can't. Oh, now I can hear myself again. Okay, we're can back. You all hear you? Uh, Bets, you were playing a song before. What was that? The ending theme from Jutsu Kaisen Season 1. Oh, Lost, Lost in Paradise. Paradise. <laughs> Dude, I love that song. JJ and I play that all the time back in the day. It's, okay. It's so fire. Also, have you ever seen Spy X Family? No, oh, I've heard about the it. The ending though. song of that is so cute. It's so <laughs> cute, dude. Well, <laughs> hi everyone, and welcome back. We are highly invested, a podcast centered around reading and rereading Brandon Sanderson's ever-expanding Cosmere series. As always, my name is Betsy, and I am here with my brothers in arms, Richie and Dapper. What are we going to war? We are. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, this book. This is war. <laughs> We're fighting our way through it. Um, how are you guys doing on this Saturday morning? It's too hot. Uh, it's so hot. It is way too hot right now. I must say it's like what? 106 with the heat index. Not interested in this. Yeah. yeah. We took the train out to Hoboken and my back was sweaty, <laughs> but well, I appreciate you guys coming all this way. No, dude, of course. Of Couldn't course. miss this at all. Yeah. Well, one question I do have. So I think we mentioned it on the podcast before, but it is such a big deal. I mean, Richie's training with his girlfriend Kenzie for the New York City Marathon. Yes, yeah. Training, How is training that with Ken's. been going in the heat? Uh, it's been rough. Last last um, Sunday, uh, we had to run like eight miles, and, and Ken's dusted me. She absolutely dusted me. Like, I, she had to leave me behind. Good for her. Like, we hit, like, we, so Prospect Park is like, uh, going a loop around it is like five miles. So we're coming back around, and, and um, it's about to hit five miles, and I literally am like, because we were running on separate sides, so we were not, like, in each other's way. You don't feel like, you know, you're up close on each other. So I'm trying to tell her I want to stop for a second because it's, like, five miles. So I was like, you want to stop? Hey, do you want to you wanna just take a break for a second? And she's, just like, a little bit ahead of me. She doesn't even hear me. She just keeps running. And at that point, that's when I knew I was, like, I'm going to have to let Ken go on ahead of me for this one. So I kind of just slowed down a little bit and just let her like progress further and further. She kept looking back and noticing I was getting deeper and I was just like, just, just go, just mm-hmm. let me, let me do Slowly this. Slowly leaving you behind. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, just, just do your own thing here. Cause it, it was just, honestly, it wasn't cause I was tired. I was just dizzy because of the heat. Yeah. Like it was just like 90 something degrees out and we ran in the middle of the day. I'm never running in the middle of the day again. Like I need to do evenings or early mornings, but I'm never gonna get up that it's early. It's so mm-hmm. hot in the afternoon, like yeah. 95 degrees. It's too much. But I need to. I need you just to tell us the story of you guys accidentally running in a race or something like that. Oh yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> so like during the week, we have to run like these shorter runs, you know, to just like slowly build it up. So we've been doing like fives and fours or whatever. Like a couple Thursdays, like last two Thursdays ago or something, we were running in Prospect Park again. And we just noticed that there's like barriers up and people like with bibs everywhere. And as we're running, literally like a crowd of people are running behind us and just past us because they're just doing like three miles or something like that. And we were just like in the race at that point because there's nowhere else to run. So we were just running near everybody. So we get people are like cheering you guys on. They are. (laughs) And I almost grabbed water, too, because I was like, why (laughs) as well just grab some water while I'm here. But um, we get towards the finish line. And now it's a little awkward because, like, there's a little left turn to go to the finish line. And Ken's and I need to continue on straight for our run. So we just run. We're still in the race. And we just run under the barrier. And everybody, everybody on the sidelines looking at us like, what the fuck? Did these people <laughs> just give up on their race? Like it's the end. The, the finish line's right there. They're like, go that way. Yeah. And we literally just, like, ducked under it awkwardly and just kept running straight. It was so funny. <laughs> That is really yeah. Funny. So we're we're doing well though. Um, my uh my legs hurt sometimes, but honestly, we're we're really building up our strength. It's crazy. How's the knees 
That's what always gets me. These are okay for now. Only when I walk, there's like a slight popping in my left one. But oh. when I'm running, it's fine. Okay. Just I'm gotta sure. keep running then. Yeah, just I'm don't sure. stop running. I'm sure it's fine. I literally looked at my knee and I was like, keep your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> there's always another secret. I'm so excited to cheer you guys on when the That'll time be finally I, comes. I hope you guys like are really on the sidelines, like just getting. Oh, hammered. of course we are. Yeah. It's such a big just, deal. Just, honestly, just just drink. You can drink like on the sidewalks, like during this. Like no one. Cares. I always go watch the marathon. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, it's like one of the things I really miss about living in the Upper East Side on in like mm. Ninth or Second Street, Ninety Fifth Street, First it's Avenue. Just Right yeah, by they run right first by Avenue. First Avenue. Yeah. That's that's actually what motivated me to do this. Like, cause I I lived seeing there for them. two years and I kept seeing them run by and I was like, I'm gonna do this, dude. Like, they were just like they were like old people doing it. It was so adorable. People they had like the pictures of their faces on the sideline cheering them on. I was like. I can do this. Like oh I want to. I want to do this. No, it's gonna be so great. I'm I excited. I need to get a blow up of you and Kenzie's face. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> Everything I've learned from this conversation. But yeah, so excited for you guys. Thank you, thank you. So uh, we also have to start our Neon Genesis uh, podcast. Oh, oh yeah, so that's what we talked about at the beginning of this. Or? Yeah, we have yeah. so many things to start a podcast about. Yeah, to the Kremlings listening, I, I also started watching this anime, uh, Neon. Genesis Evangelion. Yeah. It's, not, it's I, not the Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I pronounce no, it. No, that's by Evangelion. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I, I Even, that's Evangelion or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I just started it because I've been on the internet long enough and everybody's told me that this is like a crazy like mind fuck of a movie or something. So or of a show. So I just started that. It's a little odd that this thing needs a fourteen year old boy to pilot <laughs> the 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 mecha machine. There's but a lot of things that are very odd. It's very. That's, I was like, oh god, come on. But it's fa- it's foundational. It is foundational, yeah. exactly. Like just like like watching Cowboy Bebop and stuff. Like you just have to do it if you're gonna call yourself an anime fan. So you have to get your to thoughts once you finish it. You also said that you just downloaded some new video game. I don't know anything about video oh, games. Oh, yeah. Uh, I downloaded Baller Gate 3, which is like a D&D uh, video game. So it's basically just playing D&D online, and you can play with your friends, and you're going through like campaigns. There's apparently like 2,000 different endings. I think it's going to be like as big as Skyrim, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So we're yeah. going to ask Dapper, you got to get it so we can get on. I will this. get the game. We can dive in. We can make a whole new podcast on video games, too. I mean, I can never take part in the conversation about anime. I would like to be able well, to chat. You, all right. <laughs> it's well, fully just, in your power. No, just right. literally start Attack on Titan, and then and then you can give us some updates on it. Like, trust me. Just just trust me on this. All right. Well, I do trust you. So I, I'll start it next episode. I'll give my full thoughts, and we'll have a bonus episode. You're going to watch <laughs> Attack on Titan by the next episode? Yeah, why not? All right. Okay. You, we're going to hold you to it. Okay, the whole this, thing. this podcast no. is going to turn into our intros are us talking <laughs> to Dapper about Attack on Titan episode for episode. Kremlings, <laughs> you heard it here first. Dapper says he will oh start God. Attack on Titan by the next recording. Why do I always do this to myself? So hopefully he sticks to his word. <laughs> if anyone was yes. under the impression that we were cool outside this podcast, we then you just were wrong. proved them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you are you wrong. were absolutely wrong. But it's okay. cool we got a new Instagram. Yeah, I was going to say last thing before we dive into the episode we did get a new instagram everyone go follow us there it's highly invested podcast on instagram we'll be posting whenever a new episode goes live and then also sprinkling in a fun fun way of king's meme here or there betsy you've been no spoilers these have been great these memes are are so (laughs) funny dude but yes be careful when you're getting the memes though because i don't want you to spoil yourself i'm trying my best well we can send you memes too that you can add to it okay yeah DM us memes. We'll take Please, all of DM them. DM us non-spoiler memes. Yeah. DM us memes. Email us. Way of Kings memes. Yeah, I don't know how we 
we came to this conclusion, but Betsy's running the Instagram account. So she of course, needs, it was always going to be me. So she needs, <laughs> so she Please needs, do not DM spoilers. Don't DM spoilers <laughs> to Betsy. She will not read them. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. So sh- let's, let's, let's dive in. Let's, let's get into it. All right. Um, let's go. So today we're going to be discussing chapters 29 through 32 of The Way of Kings. This podcast, as always, will be divided into spoiler section and non-spoiler section for listeners reading Cosmere novels for the first time. The spoiler section will be at the end of the podcast and we'll let everyone know when that's coming up. All right, let's get into chapter 29. Chapter 29, Arrogance. The chapter opens with Shallan speaking with her three brothers via span read and we find out that they will not be able to hide their father's death from the public much longer. On top of that, a strange secretive order has paid them a visit, claiming to have loaned their father the Fabriol and wanting it back, or else. It seems their father may have been caught up in some kind of dangerous plan with these men. Shallan then returns to her studies with Jasna, where they discuss scholarship and the death of King Gavilar. At lunch, they receive an unexpected visit from the King of Carbranth, who eats with them and requests a portrait from Shallan. When Shallan finishes the drawing, she realizes she has included two ominous figures lurking in the background. So our faves, Shallan and Jasna, are back Finally, in this chapter. It's been so long. They're alive. Um, I thought that this was just a, a great chapter to be back with them again. We're with them studying scholarship and Carbranth. There's witty banter, lunches with the king. And at one point in the chapter, Shallan even says that coming to study under Jasna is the most wonderful thing that's ever happened to her. So it kind of seems like things are all good, except the most interesting part is that sort of bubble being burst at the very beginning of the chapter when she's speaking with her brothers. And we can get into those details, but it like really raises the stakes and I feel like sets off this ticking time bomb of Shallan needing to like actually get down to business and steal the soul caster. Mm -hmm. Time Uh, is absolutely running out on that. I I really do enjoy the back and forth between Shallan and and Yasna. I I, I like, I like their dynamic a lot. So I'm really excited to get them back. Do you guys remember where we left off anyway? Um, Oh, it was the interludes last time. Yeah, it was the interludes last time. And, I feel like especially in this chapter, I mean, we get a lot of like a lot of just conversation between the two of them about scholarship and things like that. But it didn't feel like it was dragging the story down too much because I felt like I could see them growing on each other a lot more, like really becoming closer, uh, which was fun to see. And I think there was a funny line where Jasna does like a Shalon style jab where she says, my ward is a sharp-lipped retrobate. Yeah. And it just had me thinking, like, Jasna's more mature, like, she's got a bigger worldview than Shalon, but they're really similar. Yeah. Oh, And absolutely. I feel like we're... Jasna's very witty as well. Yeah. She has a couple, like, great lines in here. You can tell that she she loves Shalon. Not loves, but she really likes Shalon's, like, like wit as well. And I think you she can see it. that, like, coming out more in this chapter, which is so fun to see them getting closer, but then yeah. also... As the reader, 
like knowing what's to come, which makes it's it nice, even more right? like, yeah, that, uh, there's going to the be this betrayal. Mind, yeah, knowing yeah. that like she has to do this thing, is, it hurts because every time she makes Yasna smile, I feel like it's a victory for all of us. Oh, you know what I mean? I know. Like she came up with the word arrogance and it like made Yasna smile. And that, I feel like that's a big deal. And then Yasna uses the word on her later on in yes, the chapter too. she does. You can tell how much respect, but also fear because of what she has to do to her. Shallon has and I do want to bring up the witty comment though at the very beginning because that one actually had me laughing when she mutters how she's really coming to hate the Alethi monarchy and Yasna walks right in it's like oh is that yeah. so all right well I get it I'm trying not to take it personally yeah <laughs> knowing she's the princess of yeah. the Alethi monarchy oh man I would love to see Jasna Shallan and Wit all together oh, I feel like awesome. they would just be like going at it until they can't anymore. (laughs) I think I'd have to reread that chapter like four or five times. I would read a whole book of the three of them. That would be so much fun. Um, Also, Taravangian shows up in this one, right? Yes, yes, he does. uh, The old feeble king kind of walks on in for lunch. Mm -hmm. Uh, And even Shallon's like, wow, I'm surprised that we're we're eating with him. Wouldn't have a more formal invitation been more... Pertinent. Another another Yasna wit uh, witty moment where he asked her, uh, "You know, where'd you find this ward? She's wonderful." Whatever, and she goes like, "Like, I, I found her in need of education yeah. or something <laughs> like that." It was really clever. But okay, let's just back up a second though, because before we get into like all the fun of lunch with the king and witty banter before the king, before the king, Shalon's sort of in her cave room, which. Kind of was it a little a sad. Room. I laughed about no windows, <laughs> no nothing windows. on the wall. And yeah. she's talking to her brothers via span read. And I actually, I really liked the way that this was written. Like when he put, when Brandon Sanderson like puts in all the like pauses on the other end of the span read. So you're just thinking in your head, like all the brothers like huddling together, yeah. trying to figure out what to say and like and how And they're to talking say it. to um, one of their wives. Balat's fiance yeah. or something. Yeah. Because none of them can fucking read, which I, every time I'm just like so dumb, so dumb. Because <laughs> none so of them dumb. can fucking read. <laughs> so dumb. And so I guess we find out that there's this like weird secretive order that's visited them, but it's not all the brothers that know about it. It's just the eldest brother, I think. Right, because yeah. he dismissed the other ones before mm-hmm. he continues, mm-hmm. right? And was saying that, uh, what's the, n- Luwash? Luesh. Luesh, who I'm guessing was like their father's advisor. Mm-hmm. I always got like butler in my mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like his, um, it's, there's a better word for it than butler, like his valet. Gotcha. Like someone's right always around. Yeah, yeah. kind of that kind of thing. So he, I think, was on the ends with this group that was working with their father. And it, it's a little like vague for me still, but it seems like they're dangerous. They were working with Shalon's father maybe to do a grab for power to help him become high prince, but in the process kind of lent him the soul caster as a way to kind of amass power to put him on the throne. That's like our understanding right now whether that's true or not, we don't know. And now they've got wind of their secret that nobody else knows about, which right. is that their father's dead. And it seems like either they destroy their family because they are not returning the soul caster, or I think they mentioned if Jasna were to find out that they stole the soul caster, there could be, they could be assassinated. Like there's a lot of, deadly consequences if things don't go perfectly it's like they strongly hinted that it'd be a good idea to return the soul caster 
But you know, it's right. important to notice that this will also just compound their miseries, right? Because the whole reason they wanted to steal the Soulcaster was to use it, not give it back. Right. And so now she's like, well, now I have to steal the Soulcaster and give it back to whoever these people are. And I'm just going to be in the same position we were before. No, those are all really good points. Um, also, like, Shalon is... They're not, they, they're, Shalon's doing... I guess Shalon's not doing all the work. I guess they're holding down the fort down back there, you know, waiting for her. This is really is a group project. Um, but definitely a wrench in the situation now with this person, Luesh, the secret group that he's a part of with... Yeah, you'd think that there could be, like, some other way out of it because it does feel right? like Shalon is doing all the work. Well, and that's this a group whole, project. like... Everything rests on them switching out the Fabriel for the broken one, and then her then be- Jasna believing that it's hers that's been broken. You, I know like it has to go just like that. And the things we know about Yasna at this point, it's like I still think this is a terrible idea. Do you think that Yasna would have just helped? I had the same question Shallon? in my notes. Would she have helped if Shalon? Yeah. What, what do you think? I think that maybe if Shalon let things go as they're going for like. A couple more weeks, maybe she would. I don't like. It feels very new. Their relationship. And I, I feel yeah. like for me, it was just this chapter where I finally was like, "Oh my gosh, they're really connecting. Like they have a good bond." Um, I do think Jocelyn is the type of person who would help, but I also think she's very logical, and I don't know if she'd do it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but I also don't yeah. think she'd let Shalon like. Her family just fall yeah. apart. No, I think you're right, though. They'd have to be closer because then it would mm-hmm. be, it's almost too soon to ask for something that big of a favor, I guess, because you're asking for money, right? It would or, be a lot of money. Yeah. Because she can't ask her for the soul caster. No, she, yeah. Yasna would absolutely say no to that, but I feel she'd like she would have She'd ask her for, like, protection. Money. Yeah, she's something. a princess. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and she's one of those most, like, the smartest people alive. She has a big network, clearly, because she's been traveling around. That's why Shallon couldn't even find her in the first place. No, yeah. that's a good point. I don't think she would loan her the Soulcaster, no. but I do think she could help. Balot had a funny line here where he's like, no, there wouldn't be a war. Uh, the King Hanavar would just turn us over to the Alethi. They'd execute us for theft. Yeah, it'd be fine. Yeah, and Shallon's like, thanks. And he's like, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being a realist. It's so funny, dude. Um, but yeah, so then we have the lunch with the king. There's some interesting talk yeah. more about like atheism and it's some good back and forth. Yeah, you know, Taravangian's getting burned. He can't keep up. Yeah, with he cannot Yasna. keep in a debate with Yasna. Like we're just learning a little bit more about their religion through that. And then we get the moment at the very end where, well, first of all, we get a great display of Shalon's photo graphic memory you really wanted to say photogenic <laughs> you were really you photogenic did. were you gonna say it? <laughs> i was thinking about it um <laughs> photogenic where she just is able to look at the king and like draw a perfect portrait of him mm-hmm. um but of course we have this like jump scare almost like horror movie type moment where she realizes she's drawn these creepy figures like in the shadows like in the doorway i felt yeah it's like looking on And then right, right before giving it to Taravangian, she takes a look at it and she's like, oh, what the? Fu-? And then she just like crumbles it up. And Yasna doesn't even hesitate to be like, she's a perfectionist. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, I really, I really feel that 
Yasna feels some sort of bond with with Shallon. Yeah, she sure. wanted to protect her yeah. right there, but because it's clear when Terravengen leaves, she's like, "I've never seen you do that." Yeah, you've never made a mistake before. What the heck? She's always composed, right? Exactly. So she's like ready to like defend her ward, and it, it certainly doesn't help that Terravengen is questioning her about religion constantly. You know, so she is a little bit on edge. I was surprised because Shallon's really religious didn't. too. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised she didn't dig into that deeper with Shallon, but um. I'll, I'll point out again, the woman had to eat clear cold stew with I sweet had, vegetables yep. with their like weird Dude. skewers. Yeah. Oh, do you think <laughs> the skewers are just forks? I think they're, I, like, cause I'm thinking like, <laughs> I was I think thinking like one chopstick. Yeah. And they just had to like skewer. But I like think, a knife? But I was thinking, I was thinking it's more like how like fantasy novels don't say birthday. They say name day and other like weird <laughs> things. So I was thinking maybe this is like a fantasy thing where he's not, he doesn't want to say fork. So he's just trying to say skewer instead. It's almost certainly a fork, but I always got like two. I think it's two two prong. Yeah, I think it's two prong. Kind of thing. Yeah. That's funny. If I had to picture it. Um, Oh, also, Yasna gives her uh, a a little compliment at the end. She says, but your rhetorical method is improving. We'll make a scholar of you yet. And Shallon just beams at that. And I would kill for a Yasna compliment. (laughs) Yeah, you would. <laughs> I would. I, I would, would too. I, yeah, I, you're right. I literally, even from reading this, feel the urge to impress her. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. like I feel like I'm not good enough. It's so it's good. a character in a book. I Richie. know. I feel I'm feeling Shallon's like stress at That's trying fair. to impress Yasna and, and also pull the wool over her eyes. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's really complicated, it's a, and it's it's so incredibly intimidating. We, we just get this point of view from. Shallon, right? Well, she's trying to figure out how to do this, but also is loving it, doesn't want it to end. It's like the best time of her life, but she knows she's going to need to explode and like the entire relationship. I'll so, be interested yeah. to see if she can pull it off. Yeah. So high stick around. Yeah. Mission Impossible 5. All right. Do you guys have <laughs> anything else for this chapter? No, I thought that was a really good summary, Bets. Uh, Let's uh, let's take it in. Take wow. it into chapter. A Richie compliment. <laughs> <laughs> you die for a Richie compliment. Um, let's take it into chapter 30. Chapter 30. Darkness Unseen. We rejoin our sad boy bridge leader, Kaladin, as he's going through his morning workout routine, carrying the fake bridge in the lumberyard. But this time, he's joined by his entire bridge. The last holdout of bridge four finally joined him just the other day, enticed by the extra food and welcoming atmosphere that Cal has created. While finishing up the practice, we, the reader, get a brand new point of view, Bridge Sergeant Gaz, as he speaks to his direct superior, Lamaril, about how Kaladin is dangerous and needs to be taken care of, air quotes, but in the correct way, falling on the battlefield. Following this, Gaz calls Kaladin over to ask about a new running style that Kaladin is trying out, which is carrying the bridge on its side. Asking the purpose, Kaladin talks about working out different muscle groups, but to Gaz, it looks like a walking death sentence for Bridge 4. Knowing that Lamoral wants Cal dead, Gaz supports Kaladin's new idea, much to Kaladin's surprise that he'd be willing to sign off on this. You know, to me, this one was, it was pretty interesting that we got to see Kaladin finally making it up to the men that's listening to him, and you can talk about how they're getting much more in shape and, and much more happy. And he talks about the atmosphere of that he's created. It finally feels like Cal's reached his goal to an extent here. Right. Right. Yeah. I think I thought it was, I think it's really nice to see this journey happen for him and see that the last one, the last one held out was, well, I forget the name of it. Um, the guy, but like they're all together. It's, it really was 
the the stew the food Mm -hmm. like like the idea that you know that you need to live you know like don't don't just like give up that uh, brought them all together i can't believe he's got them all training that's crazy yeah that is crazy to me yeah this this chapter had a very you you could really feel the military overtone that this is a squad now yeah which is good because we we get that that interlude we get we go back to shallon and now it feels like you can feel the time has passed a little bit more so when we get back here, it's a little bit more understandable that like he's got them, he's got them. Yeah, now. it's starting to feel a little bit more like a well-oiled machine. Like they've got their whole process for training. They're selling the knob, reed, weed, whatever. Um, but to Calden's point, they're still like losing men or injuring men at an alarming rate. And he knows that even though they're kind of doing their best right now, they're like still not going to keep up unless he comes up right. with something. Um, also, Radical. also, um, really nice to get uh, this, this short Gaz point of view, um, because I know we call him a coward and stuff and, and in a way he still is, but you can tell that he doesn't feel good about who he is as a person and what he's doing. Yeah, he hates himself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I think I, I'm sure that they mentioned this, but I did not realize that he only had one eye. Um, yeah. I think they mentioned he had an eye a couple times. Yeah. He's got an eye patch. Well, this is the first time it sunk in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the entire chapter is named off the, after the darkness unseen yeah, that he can't see. it's so interesting to get in his head and like he he definitely is paranoid and i have a ton of questions about his past now i'm like really curious why he, he owes money he owes money right to, and it shows why he's so desperate for kaladin to give him money right it's like a dollar and i think before i always thought that there was sense. like more that Gaz had more power over Calden and the Bridgeman. But in this chapter, you kind of realize he's not that much higher on the no. totem pole than them. Which like, is, yeah. yeah. He could have easily become one of them at any oh, yeah. point if he, he messes up. Lamoral threatens him with that. Yeah. And, and Lamoral has more power as a light eyes, but also has no land and no, no real power. He's just another version of Gaz, mm-hmm. but just a little higher up. It's all, it's all Gaz. It's always has been, <laughs> you know, it's literally just Gaz's like torturing other Gaz's. Mm-hmm because they have no, it's like basically bouncers <laughs> you know like, like just they get them a little bit of power you know and they just yeah. like to, they think they're lording over an area i know i want to find out why he can't just like pay lemuriel with his own wages like we how, don't know what the bribe is for yeah or how much it is or curious it's, it's definitely something that's it, it colors gaz a little bit more right. for the reader right because all you hear or see from him is just this like Sad, angry man with one eye, just like screaming at. He considers knifing. He considers knifing Kaladin and poisoning him in the middle of the night. It's only Lamoral that says, "Don't do that." Well, yeah, he would have made him a martyr. To be fair, but he was also happy that that they kind of, in his eyes, came up with their own downfall. Which is, I mean, he was sort of expecting them to die when they did the side the side hold for the bridge. Mm -hmm. That's why he was like, "Yeah, go do it. I think it's a great idea." Yeah. (laughs) It's, well, that's the, that to me is the difference. That was Calden's, a funny moment. It was because Kaladin's thinking something through, and he's like, "Wait, you you're fine with me?" They're doing both this? like eyeing each other. Yeah. <laughs> like one of us is lying to each other, but we're also both lying to each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one thing that I definitely wanted to bring up is while we kind of know as the reader, it was confirmed in this go that the the bridges are just bait. The entire reason that Sadius uses them isn't for the speed. It isn't for the you know ability to get the men there quickly and in tight tight formations or anything like that 
it's to draw the arrows away from his soldiers. Right. That's why right. it doesn't give him shields. I'm sure we we understood that, but it's like finally like like said. I think Cal doesn't understand it. He questions himself multiple times. Yeah. Why don't they just give us shields? Mm-hmm. And now we know the whole reason is that so they will die. Yeah. That's the only reason the Bridgman exists. It's so crazy. I can't remember if it's in this chapter or one of the or one of the next ones that we'll get to where Lemuriel's like you're supposed to die. Mm-hmm. Like he literally says that. Yeah. He's like, you're not supposed to want to survive. Like your job here is to die. Yeah. We, we, we will get to yeah. that. We will get yeah. to that soon. Yeah. Skipping ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, was there anything else for this The one? last thing that I think is worth saying is Syl. Yeah. We don't get much of her this chapter, but she, she notices that Lamarill and Gaz are like scheming, talks to Kaladin about it. And he point, like points out she's getting more and more smart She's clearly growing up and, and being more grounded is maybe the right way to say it. She even says she's like remembering things that she once knew. Mm-hmm. I wrote that down mm-hmm. too. I think that she is a person or has been a person Interesting. that's Interesting. been turned okay. into something. All right. That's uh, what I think. Because she's remembering things. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she's like a time traveler or something. Ooh. What? <laughs> I'm looking for any hint can, of <laughs> You will get no expression from me. I will not I will not give anything away. I'm stone faced here. Also there was a great line from Calden here which um about not spending time worrying about things that haven't happened yet, which I think is something we can all take into our daily yeah. lives. Mm, that was some good some good insight from Calden. Where yeah. do you think this whole scene is happening, Betsy, in the Axios the Collector's trash world that we chatted about last episode. In the Shattered Plains. Where was yeah. that in the trash world? I, yeah. It, it was obviously there. I mean, <laughs> like I, in the corner or something with some cracked <laughs> asphalt. Like our the all-knowing God. What was his name? I, I forget. The, the beggar? Yeah. <laughs> who but, created this world. But keep, keep, keep this energy. You know, like, let's, 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 we welcome all theories here. We don't know what's right or wrong. So, very true. So this all could very well take place in the alleyway of, of, a, of a homeless person. <laughs> Can't of, everything? Of a beggar. This yeah. could all be taking place. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's all in the snow globe. <laughs> <laughs> For those who get that reference. Um, all right, so is there anything else for this chapter? Darkness unseen. Darkness unseen. Just the, the gas hole not being able to see and that being the darkness. I didn't realize that, I think, in my first read-through. Yeah. And I'm starting to see like that, why that re- chapter's made. I it's realized really cool. a lot of stuff there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Fully agreed. Fully agreed. But now that's everything for me. Um, so <laughs> Betsy, don't look face. at us like that. <laughs> Betsy's face. She's like, what? What, is, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh man but no i think that's everything for chapter 30 um darkness unseen so over to chapter 31 chapter 31 beneath the skin so we're back in hearthstone it's six years ago Liren, kaladin's dad does not charge for his services as a surgeon and instead he's been taking donations roshane roshane roshone roshone the newly appointed city lord strongly suggests that no one should donate to Liren anymore because he's a dick. And uh, and, and he thinks, and I'm paraphrasing, it's dumb that Liren doesn't charge people, so therefore shouldn't get donations. Um, the people of Hearthstone, they're eager to please the new city lord, so they comply and they stop giving donations to him. So the family's slowly going broke. Uh, Kalin's dad, Liren, is drinking a little bit more. He's lamenting. He's saying how he wished he never came to this town. 
you know, in the middle of this, they hear a thump at the door and a group of people in black masks, uh, they, uh, they're standing outside and they accuse Liren of stealing the spheres from the old city lord. Uh, these are the spheres he's kept locked away for Kaladin's education. Liren shines a light on these bandits, literally, with the spheres, and we see that it's the townspeople. And they're so ashamed that they leave. And that is chapter that's uh, chapter 31. I just want to also point out that this is when Gavilar was assassinated. Like right now. It said six years ago, the mm-hmm. start. And we know that where we are in the present is six years post assassination. Wow. Hmm. It's crazy to think Kaladin is a as a like little kid. He's fourteen, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so this is an interesting chapter, um, because we see the effects of the new city lord uh coming in and kind of just punishing Liren because he just wants to punish someone. He's he's miserable. Uh he doesn't want to be in this small town. He thinks he deserves better. He's another Gaz, you know what I mean? And he is wants to torture the little folks and he's doing it specifically to Liren by like kind of just taking away their funds, like almost being accusatory of the fact that he couldn't save the old city Lord. And these ignorant townspeople are going along with it. Um, yeah, they don't, they don't fully understand, you know, surgeons and what they do because they think the almighty heals all they'd rather, they'd rather take a glyph ward, write it on a piece of paper and burn it to a God than like actually like have stitches so they're they're in front of the the townspeople and they're just uh they're in front of the uh the house and they're they're looking for those spheres. Yeah. I was so thought it was such an intense moment when he shines the light and realizes that they're all people that they know who are part of the community and have been in their lives for a really long time. I feel like it's just an example of how people can be driven by fear and greed and not to tie it back to the past chapter, but the idea of darkness unseen. Yeah. It's like the things that Ooh, you can do and the person that the type of person you can fall into when you're like living in those shadows of fear and greed and repression. And then when you shine a light on it and you realize like they're just his fellow men. Yeah. Like they're just, yeah. they're just, they're just people. It's like and, a, and in having that light be shown on them, they, the fact that they are seen makes them ashamed right because right. they because they're like y- you know who i am like th- they can't hide from it anymore in the darkness yeah one guy's got a limp and kaladin recognizes him right away yeah but he like Liren even yells at them i've like i have lived with you almost my entire life i have healed you and i have delivered your children and you're gonna steal from me yeah i feel like it's about recognizing the humanity in other people and like with the bridge men for example like people like Gaz and Lamariel, like they're just happy to get stuck in the cycle of like violence and fear and greed and be a part of it and like clamor for whatever power they can get within it versus someone like Calden or in this situation, Liren, who can like step outside of it and recognize people for just being other people. Um, and that's sort of how you break away. Right, right. It was, a, it was very interesting. Uh probably something that Kaladin has taken away from this moment. We'll talk sure. about something else that Cal's going to take away from this moment. When his dad at the very beginning is getting a little drunk, he's like, don't come back. When you go to Carbranth, just stay. Do not return. They do not deserve you. Like, God, that's some tough learning yeah. as a 14-year-old. Well, he was drunk off the violet wine. Which is the most intoxicating. Yeah. They will say that. Mm. They will say that like every wine time. And, oh. <laughs> blue wine and red that's wine. That's a thing. Yes. Maybe we should get some violet wine. Maybe we should. Yeah. Maybe we should. 
to dye some wine. Wait, isn't wine? I was going to say, isn't it wine already like violet? Yeah, I was picturing like violet color. Is that not purplish? Violet? I don't have a full grasp on what violet is yeah. anymore. Violet's like this color. Oh, wine it's like, oh, red wine it's is like blurple. Like it's kind of like wine. Blurple? <laughs> this is like true purple. Like um, They're just drinking Gatorade at this point. All these, all these wines are so brightly colored. <laughs> like Barney the Dinosaur yeah. Purple. Yeah, yeah. Barney the Dinosaur Purple. I, but I'm sorry, is that wine not, does wine not just look like that already? No, wine is, I guess, a dark red. Yeah, I guess that's why they call it red wine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Well, this is the color of red wine. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this has turned into the, no. the color podcast. It's different. Oh. Yeah, that's super different. Yeah. You are very right. Wow, I might be colorblind. Or of a burgundy. <laughs> or I just didn't oh understand, or I just didn't understand uh, colors. Yeah. This me, looks like blood. Violet does not look like well, blood. Well, we'll save it for the palette podcast the color palette color podcast. palette podcast oh, that would be fun the cpp <laughs> and we'll just go through all the interesting names we'll for look at different podcast. colors and say wow yeah no i already wrote it down we're gonna we'll record that later the today. color pad pod yeah i can't even say it we'll, we'll we'll table it for now speaking of fun colors though bringing it back i love tn i love his rocks they always got little fun colors that he leaves for kaladin but no, I'm sorry. I'm trying to segue, Betsy. That was that was, a, that was an excellent segue. Thank you, Richie. I, I saw you. nothing wrong with that at all. And no. like, is that sarcasm? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Tn Tn is always uh, another light that uh, is very helpful to Kaladin. Uh, so we always like appreciate his rocks. rocks. But yeah, I thought that was a. Uh, interesting, you know, shaped Kaladin's mindset chapter. Did you guys not collect rocks as kids? I did. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I did not. I had a rock collect collection. Rocks. I had a rock. Anything that looked cool, I would keep. I would take home. I collect Yu-Gi-Oh cards. So oh, so that's the thing. Do you still like Yu-Gi-Oh? Who doesn't like Yu-Gi-Oh? I don't know anything about <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> I used to like Yu-Gi-Oh. My cards are probably still somewhere in my parents' like garage somewhere for sure. They might be worth something. That's true. Doubt it. <laughs> okay, save it for the, the Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. Archive cards. Oh All right, anything else for chapter 31? Uh, no, no, that was all I had. Okay, let's move on to chapter 32. Chapter 32, Side Carry. In this chapter, Calden brings on a new member of Bridge 4 named Lopin, who has one arm. Bridge four attempts to execute their first bridge run with the side carry method, and despite the odds, it works perfectly, protecting all his men. But when they put down their bridge, Kaladin realizes he's made an error. Their speed and survival has caused the Parshendi to focus on the other bridge crews, which led to the other bridge crews trying to emulate the side carry, resulting in chaos that undermines the soldiers getting across the bridge. Kaladin negotiates with Lamariel, to not be killed due to this, but to instead be beaten, as to not make it look like it was Lamariel's idea. So we get a new recruit for Bridge Four. Yeah, that guy was hilarious. He's fun. He's fun. So what funny. is the what is he calling Kaladin the whole time? Goncho? Goncho? <laughs> what is that? Hey, what's up, Goncho? Uh, yeah. It's just it's just a cultural thing it's where like, dude, he's, he's described as mate. Her, her Dazian. Her, her, her Dazian. Her Dazian. Yeah. But I, this is something they say. I do love that he picks him because both he doesn't seem to have been beaten down by life and also that he has this memory 
of Tien and this idea of like turning a liability into an advantage. Everyone's kind of like, why did you pick this guy? Yeah, and it works out too because he brings Dabid and Haber. He I think. immediately is helpful. He's super, he's like, yeah. yeah, I got these guys to carry this water for us so you guys yeah. can refresh on the run. He, he was hilarious because Kaladin's like, why did you just want to come with me? And he goes, you were the only one picking. <laughs> <laughs> he's so like, I'm hey, special. Yeah, yeah. He's like, gotcha. He has well, a good energy. He seems such to good just energy. Like, Absolutely. not be. He's going with yeah. the flow and you're a bridgeman. He, oh, I don't that, know if he knows what that means. That that was so funny. That actually, I think he actually said oh, that. Oh, he thinks he's in the military. Yeah. It was something that Kaladin said. He like actually thinks he's in he's the military. He saluted him, yeah. Because yeah. he goes, he's like, he's like, you were the only one picking. That means one man gets to be special, you know, and I got a good feeling about you. It's in your eyes, Gancho. And then he goes, what's a bridge crew? Though <laughs> <laughs> so Kaladin does say that, um, I, I forget the specifics, but he has a brand on him, but it's very worn down, which to Kaladin meant that he's been through a lot and the fact that he still like has this attitude about him is probably a good thing yeah yeah when after he said that it really says Kaladin found himself smiling Mm -hmm. at the man's nonchalant attitude and he goes you'll see (laughs) (laughs) you'll see you'll see you know what I think about I think about um you remember the first Ant-Man um Paul Rudd's friend who gets the van and he's like always positive and he, he tells that story about how he got the van. You remember that? No. I've never seen those movies. <laughs> you remember that? Um, I saw Ant-Man a long time ago. Well, Paul Rudd, Ant-Man is like talking to him, his friend, and he's like, how's it going? And he goes, oh, well, my mom died, and this happened, and this happened. And he goes, but I got the van. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I, I just I think of Lopin when I when I see that. Because yeah, this guy's got one arm. Yeah. <laughs> Clear. Clearly, he's been through the ringer. Well, so Kaladin gives them a little bit of a pep talk and then they're kind of back into the battle. Mm-hmm. We do see a new type of spren here, which I thought was kind of cool. It was an anticipation spren. Ooh. Which what, what is it? Do you remember what it was described as? Because I, I don't remember. I don't know if we got a description of it. Anticipation spren. Yeah, they were just appearing around the bridgemen. Oh, also the Lopin um, said that some of his cousins call him the Lopin. Because they, they haven't met anyone else named Lopin before. So he is the Lopin. <laughs> the Lopin. Yeah. But there's a lot there's a lot that could go wrong with this. And yeah. I actually Kaladin's like pretty concerned about it not going perfectly. And obviously we know like from the past bridge runs, it doesn't seem like Kaladin ever gets hit by an arrow. Like yeah. or, or maybe he does. He never dies, even though he's always in the front. But mm-hmm. he kind of gives this wager to the men saying like if I go down you guys do whatever you need to do like I'll be in the front but let's just try this and see if it works um and it does it does work it's crazy no one but it like it works it works and it also like ruins everything right but leading up to that moment when it ruins everything reading it was so exciting it was so exciting because yeah. it's it like so exciting you, like obvi- it's a bad thing but all the other bridge crews they're falling they're falling behind everyone's confused and they're just still going and they're going faster and they're not getting hit and like the arrows are hitting the bridge protecting them they're, they're faster they're stronger because they're eating an extra meal every night mm-hmm. and they're literally working out they're working out they're yeah, yeah. They're, they cal says they needed it more than just once or twice and they're mentally just not broken down anymore yeah because they have like community between themselves and rock is so happy when they finish he's like we not a single man we didn't lose a single man it worked it worked and cal's like well 
yeah, <laughs> but I've destroyed yeah. everything. And the thing is, so what leads up to this is um, that they approach they approach uh, this place called the Tower, right? Which is very very deep in the shattered plains, mm-hmm. and which means, far that, away. which means that the Pashendi were able to get there first. Right, so they're already set up. They're already ready to shoot arrows. This looks like the worst one ever. This is why it's building up anticipation, right? Because he's not ready to do this side carry, but he's like, like, fuck it, we got to do this right now. And he even says to them, like, if I go down in the front, go back to ha- to doing it, like, regularly. Yeah. And he's like, then you'll be rid of me. And it's so cute because everyone goes quiet, and then one of them goes, well, what if we don't want to be rid yeah. of you? <laughs> it was sweet. It was a sweet moment. That was so cute. I know. I love that. That was adorable. Um, but yeah, no, the moment where Calden suddenly has that realization that he's made a huge mistake, I think was great because I also hadn't even considered that. And so you're suddenly like the wheels are turning in your head and you're like, wait, what's the problem? And then you suddenly do realize. And I feel like at first I didn't agree with Calden because I was like, no, Calden, like you are literally the lowest of the low. They just want you dead. Like, you do not need to think about the larger picture of the battle. Like, you just need to think about surviving. But then when you realize that him messing up everything for all the soldiers could cause them to come after him, that's when you kind of realize, okay, it's a... And also cause more deaths. A lot more deaths. I would say, too. Like, in saving his bridge crew... It was like 200 plus like bridge bridgemen like that dropped because because mm-hmm. because they ran out faster than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So they were in front. Everyone could see what they were doing. Saw that they were surviving. They were basically fucking. They probably looked they ridiculous. They were zigzagging. Yeah. Zigzagging yeah. to block the arrows. You invented the running. zigzag. Right. Yeah, that's so true. And but the I just crew were like I'm gonna emulate this and then just failed. I just feel like being stuck in this situation, it's not like they can convince the other bridge crews to do that too. It's like, what are you going to do? Also, they want to survive. Yeah. Right. Like, so it's just like, at the end of the day, you need to look out for your own. Mm -hmm. He feels terrible. And he, he, I think he regrets this. I agree. He, he clearly is like, wow, you know, I was, that was a terrible decision as a soldier. He, I feel like he can kind of thinks of himself as a bit of a soldier here. Yeah. You know, he's talking about how Gaz is like seeing how he was part of the military and he's literally calling he the calls soldiers. soldiers. He calls them soldiers. He calls them soldiers. He's like, oh, well, I just screwed up the entire battle plan. Well, the thing is, though, is that if this was a real functioning battle situation, they would be like, oh, great idea. Let's all do it. But it's not. They're just using them as bait yep. and trying to get rid of them. So it ruins everything. Yeah. It it's the whole funny plan. that it ruins Sadius's plan, too. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's it's always just, it's crazy to just think that like our boy Catalan's uh, Catalan. Catalan. <laughs> our boy Catalan is so far removed from Catalan. Sadius. Like, <laughs> is <that> like the <laughs> like, <Catalan>. cattle. <laughs> yeah, like uh, like Sadius is, is literally a high prince, and his entire assault is being affected by one Bridgman who just fucked everything up. Destroyed the whole plan. It's so cool. (laughs) I know, I was going to say, I kind of love it for Calden. I love it, but also RIP all the poor souls who had to die. But but the thing is, they're just trying to survive as well. Because they they were probably going to die anyway. They got desperate. They Mm saw a bridge crew surviving with a zigzag side carry. And they were like, like, fuck it. I'm going to die right now. Let's just try it, like, right now. And it results in Calden getting beaten yes yeah yeah you can tell that gaz let this go on with lamoril because gaz told lamoril like 
let them do this. They're He's going to kill himself. Yeah. 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 He fully thought this would And fail. he was like, our problem is done here. Lamoral and Gaz talk about that before the yeah. battle really begins. They see them getting ready. And you see them and talking Lamoral's to like, each Wait, other. like, wait, you shouldn't be doing that. And Gaz walks over and says, no, 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 this is how he's going to die. Yeah. Right. And that's what Calden uses then because he's like, we all saw you look let at this us, happen. talk yeah. about it, and then you let it happen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're in charge. You know, you could have just said, don't do this, mm-hmm. but you didn't. So that was very quick thinking on, on, on Cal's part. Also very sweet that like when Lamarill and Gaz are walking towards Kaladin, Teft and Rock like stand up next to him, like like almost like just to get his back. It was very it was very cool. Mm-hmm. And he's like, stand down. Uh, the stand loyalty. Down. The loyalty. And so quickly too. They're right? all so loyal to him. I mean, because he saved their lives. Yeah, That's and true. he's really good. Uh, I feel like he really has a skill for like, figuring out how to build individual people up. Like this was for the pre- the previous Kaladin chapter, but I think there was a moment with, with Moash where he talks to him about why he made him squad leader. And it was because he was the one who kind of um, like didn't really give in to Kaladin so yeah. quickly. And I feel like he kind of understands like different people's thought process and how to best kind of like get to them and build them up. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. I, we forgot to mention that, that Kaladin makes Moash a, a, a sergeant. Squad leader a squ- or something. Squad leader, yeah. you know, it's just. Full military yeah. in Cal's eyes. Um, but anything else for this chapter? No, it's just Kaladin. No, that was just, that was, back in that a was really exciting. tough situation uh, though. The Lopin was hilarious. Kaladin's mm-hmm. back in a tough situation. Oh, it was funny. The Lopin referred to one of the mute um, bridge crews as like Mooley or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I just think it's funny that all these little nicknames. Come that he on, Mooley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got all these little nicknames for people. Well, he's mute, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, I just, I really love the Lopin. That was awesome. It's nice to, to see this character come in here um, and just ha- be such an, in such good spirits for such a terrible situation. Mm-hmm. Also, also, he's never had a really experience. I mean, we what's don't know his past. <laughs> yeah. What's a, what's a bridge crew? Like what dude? Like you haven't seen what we've been going through this yeah, whole time. Right. Um, but no, no, I have a, I have nothing else. I thought that was a excellent group of chapters though for us. Um, really exciting mm-hmm. and, and, uh, very curious to see what's going to happen now that Kaladin has caused all, all these problems. <laughs> yeah. Beep, uh, beep. Oh, well, would oh, you look at that? Crap. I see the I see the bus coming the uh, bus over the horizon. Uh, I guess I guess we gotta hop on. I hope I have enough fare. I'm driving the bus. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I'm behind the wheel. Get on the bus. <laughs> that, did you murder the <laughs> bus driver? <laughs> what? I'm being forcibly tossed right. out of the bus. You can drive us there, but you can't stay. Yeah, you have to stay on the bus, Betsy. All right. This All terrible right. metaphor is meaning we're going into the spoil <laughs> into the spoiler section. Uh, our conversations will be centered around uh, these specific chapters, but in the context of all Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere series. Stormlight, Mistborn, Warbreaker, Elantris, White Sand, Arcanum Unbounded, and uh, the Secret Projects. If you are caught up, stick around. Uh, and if you'd like to contact us, our email address is highlyinvestedpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at highlyinvestedpodcast. Until next time, Kremlings. Bye. And we are...
back in the spoiler section. Betsy has locked herself in her bedroom. She cannot come out until we finish because we're in her apartment. So I find wild that we keep just keep doing this. It's her apartment's the best place to record these right oh, now. Oh, hands down. Um let's let's uh dive into this, dude. Um this was a lot of lot of fun things here. But for, all right, let's not get let's not get distracted. <laughs> let's really go by this chapter by chapter. Let's we start. do get new epigraphs. We do get new epigraphs. Let's let's go there. Were there any in arrogance? So the the epigraphs are in this part, all of part two are going to be pretty strange. But what they are, and we don't really learn this, I think, till the end, is Yasna's notes yep. on the yep. the existence and history of Voidbringers and the desolations. So the ones of ash and fire who killed like a swarm, relentless before the heralds. That is the first epigraph. And it's, again, it, these are just comments of like old books. And then you have a like Yasna annotation below right, it. Right, right. So th- that's interesting. I mean, you're not going to get any, honestly, spoilers that are going to be Cosmere wide from these, like we did with Wit's uh, letter in the last part. Much of these are just going to be, oh crap, okay. We're about to be dealing with some real shit in like three books. Yeah. Yeah. All of these are like slight foreshadowing about Voidbringers. Exactly. It's, it's Yasna like, trying to figure out who the Voidbringers are, basically. Um, so, so we get, you know, Shallon talking to her brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Shallon's father is part of the sons of honor. No, fuck. He is the ghost blood. God damn it. I keep, I keep mixing them up. Shallon's father is part of the ghost bloods. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause the symbol, the uh, three symbol of the diamonds. Right. But Shall but Shallon's brother was part of sons of honor. The, no, he was part of the skybreakers. He was part of the Skybreaker. Helleran was a Skybreaker, yeah. But he wasn't a Skybreaker. He was, he was working like, with the Skybreakers, but he wasn't a Skybreaker. He was like, um, what do they call them? Uh, the squires. Squires, yeah. He, he was, was a squire. squire. But he so, was gifted a shard Shard. He plate. was, but it was only to go kill Amaran. Yes. Who was a son of honor. Gotcha. gotcha. So yeah, he was not. That's that's when we were texting about that. It was what made me mad when we were talking to Joe. Because <laughs> you were like, he's not actually the son of a Skybreaker. He's not like, actually a Skybreaker. Right, but. Yeah. Okay. So I got you now. Um, Amaram, son of honor. Son of honor. Oh, yeah. Shallon's father, Ghost Ghost Blood. Bloods. Um, and then Hellerin is um, a Skybreaker. Sky Order of the Skybreakers. Got it. <coughs> okay. So 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 we know that Shallon's father is part of the Ghost Bloods. Um, and I guess they lent the uh, Fabriol. Yeah, the Ghost Bloods gave the Soulcaster soul to yeah. Liren. Or, sorry, Lin. Lin Devar. Um, they gave it to him so that he could take over and, and actually, yeah, become High Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, that way they'd have a very high-ranking member of the Ghost Bloods. Right. But he died. Thank you, Shallon. Um, don't even think about how the fact that he's probably married to a Herald. But anyway... We, um, we don't know that, but yes. No, not confirmed, not confirmed. Very leading theory of yeah. who Shallon's mother is. Yeah. But yeah, so that was what Lindavar was doing. He was trying to become High Prince. The Ghost Bloods were trying to help him. He died. Um, the it's crazy to think were, that even like Kelsier's influence is being mentioned. I know, so, dude. So quickly like, in this book. That is Kel- Like We it's, cannot ignore that. That is that just Kelsier. Yeah. Like, what? Crazy. <laughs> crazy, dude. Been book one. My God, Kelsier's at the end influence. of book four when she's like, you know the uh, Lord of Scars. Tell your Lord of Scars. Oh Dude, the my day that gosh! Kelsier, the day that Kelsier speaks to someone who's a main mean? character from from Stormlight Archive. Oh, from Stormlight. Okay. I will literally kill myself. I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> well, he did though in the prologue of Book Five. But we've, oh, we've said that that's no, part but that's of the not, I mean, like the day that Kelsier talks to like Shallon yeah. or Kaladin or something. Yeah, like, like you talked to Marazi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, like, I agree. That's going to be nuts. I'll freak you out. You know he's going to talk to Dalinar next book. Well, he 
is gonna talk well, to Dallin. Well, that's annoying is that we're getting off topic. But if Shallon, <laughs> if Shallon, if Shallon didn't just fucking join the Ghost Bloods, like, I know it's really annoying. I know like, someone please join the Ghost Bloods well, so we can know more about what's going on. To be fair, it seems like the Broshar Ghost Bloods are a little bit more bloodthirsty. Sure, a little but bit then more we get fucking angry. Marassi in in. Um, Mistborn Era Two also refuses to join the Ghost Bloods, so we so we keep getting off-screen people joining. Mm-hmm. We never get to see a story of someone joining yet, which I is know. annoying. I thought we were really going to get Morazzi to join too. <laughs> yeah, it's really stupid. It's funny thinking about the difference between their the uh, Shallon and Morazzi's like experience with the Ghost Bloods, though. Right, because they go yeah, the Ghost Bloods on Skadrial seem way cooler, way cooler for, for sure. sure. Yeah, um, but back to this. There's always another secret, so there's we can always just another move secret. On. Okay, so. Where are we at here? Uh, okay, Yasna would absolutely have helped. She I would have I absolutely, actually, absolutely actually, helped. I actually don't think at this point she would. No, I think she would have. I think it would have just been money, and she would not have let Shallon leave. But she would say, you're my ward, so yes, I will help take care of your family. It seems a little too soon. I think that it would seem a little manipulative if, if, if Shallon asked right now. I think what bonds them is actually what's going to happen in our next episode fair, recording fair, fair, is fair. Yasna showing her... The soul, the quote unquote soul the caster, people? but killing the, those people, I think that it it's a sign of trust mm. that Yasna pr- puts in Shallon, and that w- but w- is going to like bond them together a little bit more. I think you're right. I think at that point, Yasna would have helped Shallon for sure because she does after Shallon even tries to steal it. Yeah, like, you know, Shallon like, like actively tries to steal it. And it's like, yeah. come on, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, I don't think she would have helped. She probably would have just given some like advice, annoying scholarly advice or something. Mm-hmm. I um, agree. But I think she would have helped soon, very soon. But let's just uh, bring up about Shallon mentioning Dawn shards. Um, yeah, um, she knows. Like, she, okay, she doesn't know what a Dawn shard is. Where did, but so, how did this come up? Because I have the quote here: "A mythological treasure, brightness, much like the Dawn shards or the Honor Blades." But what was she referencing? What was she referencing? Um, I, it's nothing like crazy. It's something that she, that uh, she's looking for. Um. Was it a read-through? Oh, no, no. This is when they're talking through their argument about intelligence, ignorance, and scholarship, and all of that. They say, and what of intelligence without ignorance? Finding truth while not dismissing the possibility of And she says a mythological wrong. treasure. A mythological treasure brightness, much like the Dawn Shards of the Honor Blades. Gotcha, gotcha. Not surprised she knows that an Honor Blade is. That's Roshar pretty specific. Dawn Shards are not. I mean, we know one is on here. We know that the original denizens of Roshar were named the Dawn Singers. Yeah, but we don't know the connection between them yet. We don't have any. I have, I have a wild theory. Let's Very see. wild theory. Right after the shattering of Adonasium, which we know from a wob, they used the Dawn, Dawn Shards. The Dawn Shards to kill him. Yes. I think that the all of the vessels that had just taken their new powers agreed to put most of the Dawn Shards are at least one on four planets. Gotcha. And how, Do you know how many there are? There are four Dawn Shards. Gotcha. Uh, and I think that we know one is on this planet. We know there's two with Wit at one point as well. But my thoughts are from this is that the Dawn Shard that they put here is a massive reason why everything exploded eventually. I know it's just change. It's the power of a god to command When you say, change. what do you mean? Like the, the Shattered Planes happening? So, w- the scouring yes, of Amiya? Everything, uh, yes. Interesting, okay. The scouring, the, the Shattered Planes being a thing, what the origin is. Like, th- What do you think that storm does? It forces the planet to change around it. I mean, look, I'm being really crackpot with this. I got my I don't know. thing on I, top Sometimes of it. I think the storm existed before Honor got there, though. 
I think the storm did too, but I think the dawn shard was there before him. Okay, gotcha. I think they placed all the dawn shards on un like planets that were uninhabited, and then the gods all decided to go somewhere. And, oh, and, oh. Also, mm-hmm. I got something else for you. Oh God. Okay. Um, Yaza mentions a, an old scholar named Gavara. Not very important the name, but she goes Gavara hadn't reached her twentieth weeping when she proposed the theory of the three realms. Mm-hmm. One of the scholars got that right. Somebody got that right, and, dude. Yeah, like a long time ago. It's like, crazy. It absolutely accurate. Yeah, it's like discovering <laughs> like gravity or something. She's so accurate. I know. It's a Newton doing that in the 1600s. <laughs> yeah, the theory of theory of the three realms. That's Which we hilarious. know is a real, that is, that is the embodiment of the universe, the three realms, the physical, the cognitive, the spiritual. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so Taravanchin shows up. Uh, you know, he's being his like... Uh, he seems uh, very emotional here. He even at, he asks Shallon, I think, to forgive him. He says, forgive me or something like that. Oh, no, no. He goes, forgiven mm-hmm. me. And in that moment. Um, a sense of regret. Yeah. Shallon can sense regret in him. And that's definitely him thinking about what he has to do. Yep. Yeah, it's such a small foreshadowing. Small, small holy co- crap. Yeah. I would have so looked past that. I know. I like, know. Holy crap! And of course, Shallon is seeing cryptics. Mm-hmm. Is right. it? Do you think it's both both pattern and testament? Ooh, but testament is He's a dead. dead. Eye. Yeah, but it still looks like it. It's just a scratched out version of a cryptic. Okay, so it could be. And she's not seeing what they look like when they're in the physical realm, which is like the ink and all of that. Yeah, she's seeing the physical embodiment of them in the, in cognitive, the cognitive realm, realm. Right. right? Which is like the weird. So it, like, it could be. It could be. Head. It could be the two of them, or it could just be a bunch of cryptics. One could of be them just hoping, be cryptics. Some, one of them hoping to bond Shallon because she's lying to herself so much that she's <laughs> attracting them. God, she lost um, herself literally like a, twenty which times. Is every such page. a good transition into the next chapter. <laughs> oh also. my god! So wait, yeah. do you have anything else for this? No, I don't. I okay, just we got Yasna it comparing Dalinar and Terravengian like just made me so. That mad. was so annoying. <laughs> Knowing, yeah, I know because Yasna thinks that he's a good dude. Right? Mm-hmm. So oh, we didn't even talk about that. That Yasna was like, "Don't call him dull," or yep. "Don't call him." She thinks he's so, honorable, very yeah. great king, all this, but, but he yeah, is we, literally going to help architect. The Everything. downfall of humanity. Yeah. Well, Yaza is not one to shy away from being wrong. You yeah, know? So, true. She I, invites she, being wrong. I, I feel like she would own up to that. She can't see the future. She's not Renarin. Yeah. Um, but the tie-in here of Shallon seeing cryptics actually right. ties into this next chapter. Oh, yeah. Chapter, I've never chap- saw that me before. Neither. Chapter 30, Darkness Unseen. Gaz keeps talking about seeing something out of the corner of the eye that he's missing mm-hmm. in the darkness. In reality, we know that Gaz is uh, a light weaver. Yep, he becomes one Gaz of Shallon's light weavers. Gaz is a light weaver. He's also seeing cryptics. cryptics. Yeah, because he's lying he's, to himself the, he this whole lying. chapter. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I know, Gaz man. is seeing cryptics, and that's why he's freaking out constantly because he keeps seeing something in the corner of his eye, and he's like freaking out. And even in this whole chapter, it keeps happening. They're just following him mm-hmm. also. Like they're following Shallon. He's atta- attracted to all of his lies, which yeah. is also such the opposite of Sill. Kaladin says like one tiny lie to Lamoril and Gaz, and she's like, mm, "You lied." <laughs> yeah, yeah, but cryptics are just loving. They that love shit. the lies. It's so funny because it was like glance, uh, Gaz glanced to the side. Had something moved in the darkness? It, it's Absolutely so, has so a cryptic good. lying around, man. Oh my god, I, I can't believe I did. Does didn't. he get his eye back when he does become a radiant? I actually don't know. You know I mean, uh, Lopin regrows an arm, arm, which is the biggest. I, he must grow an eye. That's back. the biggest healing we've seen mm-hmm. uh, after becoming one. So I, I would assume. I mean, we do know that like regrowth, which is the healing like an edge dancer can do, can't yeah. like re, like fix something that's been too long hurt. Right. So that's just weird that. 
Hmm. I guess it can't fix outwardly something, but maybe because uh, Lopin became a radiant, hmm. he's able to fix himself. Yeah, because they're means not doing re- gas might get they're not doing regrowth. They're just stormlight investiture yeah, healing. Healing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's literally the surge. Regrowth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just no, like, but but the thing is, everyone can do that search. Everyone can heal themselves. Yeah, but just to regrow- through the storm. But to heal someone else is regrowth. Yes, you're right. You're right. right. You're right. You're right. So, so he probably get, does get the eye back. I'm not totally yeah. sure. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And it's also it's also what what you want because Kalanin mm-hmm. can't heal his 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 brand until the fourth. Yeah, until the fourth. Because I do. he needs to work on something internally. Yep. to do that. That's true. So Gaz must have to do something similar. Yeah, because Lopin didn't. He was. Just, he's Lopin just such is, a fun dude, bro. Oh <laughs> we'll my god. We'll get to him. We'll get to him. Yeah, he's in chapter thirty-two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So what else was there for? Fuck this my wash. One? Fuck uh, my wash. Must be course. said. Must be said. Uh, uh, but Sil is starting to remember things. Sil is starting to remember things. Um, she's becoming more bonded to mm-hmm. Kaladin. Um. Because he's keeping his word and he's saving these men, um, obviously just giving her life, giving her that phys- like the physical presence in the in the physical realm. Mm-hmm. Really good for her. Um, what is Lamriel blackmailing Gaz with? I don't, do you, why does Gaz owe him money? Do you know? I I do not remember. I strim- simply do not. I feel like maybe he's addicted to drinking or gambling or something. Okay. Um, like that is just not something that stands out in my mind even after two read throughs. Yeah, I guess it just owes money or something like that. We'll just chalk. We'll just chalk it up to that. Um, but it, yeah, man, I just can't believe that Gaz is seen. Cr- How does Gaz die? You remember? He, he dies. Right? Gaz doesn't die. Lamoril dies really soon. He gets executed by no, Saturn. no, no, not in this book. But doesn't Gaz die? I don't in, think so. In in Words of Radiance or Oathbringer? There's no um, way he's still alive. No, he's alive. Okay, okay. For some reason, I thought he died. No, let me look. Um, but it might just be that oh, his Wikipedia just says to be continued. <laughs> so okay. <look> Coppermind. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Coppermind. He's, Thank still, you, Coppermind. Right, so he's still alive, which is great. What a, what a journey for guys. Then I'm, I'm pretty sure that he is alive. No, no, no. I, I, I'm not confident that he's dead. I mean, he might just, just not be showing up as much because he's turned into the background character, but he definitely has. Cause he's now just one of Shallon's white weavers. Mm-hmm. But man, I'm interested to see where his story goes. Brandon's done doing a good job of just like taking those like background characters and putting them to importance eventually, like like a Sigzil. Okay, so the last, yeah, right. Um, yeah. I could imagine we get something like that with, with Gaz. Gaz would be cool. But so the last chapter that he seems to be like be referenced in is Rhythm of War, chapter thirty nine, and he is there during the Singer's invasion. He is in Urethru, so he probably passed out with the rest of the Radiance. Oh, okay, that's why we don't really get much. Of yeah, because it was just Kaladin's the only one. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Do you have anything else for Darkness Unseen? I do not. Just excited to see Gaz's revival and like two books. <laughs> nice. Okay. So uh, chapter 31, Beneath the Skin. Um, it's still kind of weird that like Roshon is going to end up marrying Liren. The age, age difference is weird. Liren? What? Or Laral. Laral. Yeah. Laral. Yeah. He's yeah. like a grown ass man. She's 15. Very odd, you know, like I'm just going to chalk that up to, I don't know, Brandon Sanderson Mormon life. Or <laughs> yeah, or just medieval stuff, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just odd, you know. It's not great is what like, it is. Yeah, I don't I don't like to chalk shit up to just being like, oh, it's medieval time fantasy. It's a fantasy book. It could be whatever you could be we whatever want, we want. want. It to be. You're super right. <laughs> it could be whatever we want it yeah, to Yeah, it's be. just Brandon. You're right. You're, yeah. You are right. Yeah, so it is weird that Rochon ends up marrying. Um, I mean, patriarchal societies are like her, that. What's shit. her name? Uh, Laurel. Laurel. Yeah, 
age difference staggering very bad um but what else was there in this chapter really just a setup to yeah. we're gonna find stuff. out soon that Liren stole the shark the, the spheres right. i think i right. do think we find that out very soon um because he's clearly being tortured by it too of course i don't think he would be drinking so tortured right. if right. if he was just not being paid he seems like a stronger man. I think it's because he's like, shit, I really did do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, they are actually right. <laughs> right. Also, a great tie-in, I think, by Betts with the darkness unseen stuff. That was cool. Uh, specifically mm-hmm. with uh, Gaz's chapter and then into this one. Uh, it's all lies. It's everyone lying to everyone themselves. Everyone is lying constantly. Mm-hmm. This has just been like, Honestly, if we were a cryptic, we'd be like, mm, lies doing yeah. this entire fucking He's like eating on that shit. Was, oh my god, these yeah. entire chapters. Uh, but uh, I don't have much for other than No, that no, we can move on cuz cuz chapter 32 really is the really is the, the crown jewel. We are about set. to get so sick. Busy. So sick, dude. It dude, it's amazing how much joy I experienced hearing Gancho for the first time. Oh my god, dude! I love the Lopin. I He's one of the best characters. Love the Lopin. Her Dazians are fucking hilarious. Hey, what up, Gancho? <laughs> um, do you you want to give a brief description of her Dazians and where they come from? So they're part of they're from East Roshar, as far as I remember. So they are, um, you know, similar skin tone, similar builds to uh, Vadens, I believe, like um, like Shallon, but not red haired. Uh, I think they're from a little bit more south of Vadenar. And they are very human-like. I mean, they are humans, but they have like crystalline fingernails and, and like similar. Maybe there's like Amian in their blood or something like that. But they are humanoids from Eastern Roshar. They have like crystalline fingernails. They're a little shorter than Alethes, uh, and they like to have a good time. They all got a lot of cousins. Yeah, they have a lot of fun. They have a lot of cousins too. Lots of cousins. I can't wait for him to just start introducing people to guys. Oh, he's my cousin. Herdazian <laughs> cuisine also is called chowda, oh, which yeah. is um, you know meat wrapped into a flatbread topped with some sauce. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, we saw that same dish in Lost Metal. The Lost in Metal. The, oh, I'm sorry. I was just getting some chowda or chowda. Yeah, chowda. <laughs> yeah, which is like, how did this dish travel? You know what? I guess world world, world hoppers are just going back and forth and taking oh, these dishes. With I want to say something from you me, but I won't. Okay. okay, we can't. Yeah, we can't talk about that yet. <laughs> Not yet. I will say it after this. <laughs> but I mean, this this chapter explodes everything here. Him starting to finally succeed in his struggle to lot to live is what gets the light eyes to look at him, and he is going to be strung up for this. I mean, and, and call it how it is. I'm pretty sure Lamoril gets executed anyway. He does. Uh, Lamoril is going to be executed for this. Which Gaz is like, whew, thank God. Yeah. Um, but this is like really Kaladin. bad. This is crazy, dude. Also, uh, Kaladin feels a surge of strength mm-hmm. as he's running. It's not even hidden. How did we not pick up on this I mean, the first like, time? I mean, like, come on. Like, <laughs> it's Kaladin, so you just think that he's just getting, he is motivated. True. He's motivating he, himself. Like, um, what's the word? It's adrenaline. Yeah, it literally says like he's, it, his legs stopped straining, his breath stopped wheezing. It's because he has to carry all of his, his fears with him uh otherwise you know they'll get stolen or something so he's got a little bit of like wealth of stormlight mm-hmm. there and he does it fully subconsciously he just mm-hmm. breathes in the stormlight and i wonder if he's glowing I, oh always like how glowing. do the men not like what? it's not enough it's not enough yet <laughs> it's just not enough right because he hasn't even sworn the full first exactly ideal yet, I think. the second ideal I don't think he's really sworn the first ideal. No, remember we talked about this. He does it step by step, slowly but surely. He chooses life before death. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And he chooses strength before weakness when he starts like kind of helping all of them. Right. And I think he chooses journey before destination 
Because he could know. just die during the high storm. Right. The Stormfather's like, why don't you just die? Like, you, you, you've you been going through a lot, dude. Because he doesn't care about him. And he's like, oh, no, yeah, I, I guess have to struggle on. He chooses well, interesting because he hasn't sworn. The, yeah, so that makes sense why he can't, like, really absorb all of the Stormlight yet to mm-hmm. its fullest potential. Yep. Um, but, yeah, once, once he says that second ideal. Yeah, he's starting to really get there. I mean, the second ideal that he swears is that, I think that's at the tower, right? Right. Yeah, he swears this, but not, I don't know if he says it or anything. The third ideal I know is when he saves Alucar in book two. Yes. yes. I will protect those even, even I hate. Even I hate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That and he is gets awesome. Sill Spear. Oh, man. I just got chills. <laughs> um, but the tower, talking about that, we do see it in person here. It's been foreshadowed twice before on a map and stuff. And right. I think Dalinar talks about it in the map room. This is the place of the ending battle that mm-hmm. will happen later. Very, not far away. Not far away at all. We, we are closer to that than we are the beginning of the book. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm excited. We, we're we really making headway here. We are. Um, what else was there for this one? This is really just like it's a, just this is an incredible anticipation chapter. Like the Lopin, like bringing the sacks of water. I could feel like... I could feel the anticipation in the area. There was literally mm-hmm. anticipation, anticipation spread. spread. Like, so you just knew something big was about to happen. And oh, the yeah. side carry move, saving all of the bridge crew, it's all been leading up to saving them all. And, you know, what comes after this is just is just fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really fun. And we're, we are going to see very soon when Kaladin's strung up and he survives, the first time he survives anything. Because I, I just think about when he's in the chasm in book two and Dalinar's waiting for him. And everyone's like, he's dead. Like he can't yeah. survive. This, this is the this and is, he's like, this is the religion he just beginning didn't right die. here. This is bridge for religion starting. Oh when yeah. He opens his eyes after going into this high storm. There, there is nothing. They will follow him into death after oh, yeah. this moment. Is it is it Teft or Gaz who saves him because they bring him stormlight? It's Teft. Oh, it's Teft because he, he knows. He knows because he's part of that group. I can't think of the name. But the part of the group that always believed the radiance yes. would come back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Teft is going to give him stormlight, uh, a sphere to hold as good luck. Yeah, one of his own. Because um, after he um, gets beat up here, uh, they take his spheres, mm-hmm. uh, except for one that Teft finds. They're going to give it to him. It's it's going to be good. Oh my god, I'm it's so gonna excited! Be good. I'm so be, excited, it's, dude. It's gonna be a I'm lot. so it's pumped because it's one of the best. It's one of the best chapters. Oh yeah, I think when he talks to the Stormfather. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is one of the best ones. I cannot wait for Betsy's reaction to all of that. Yeah. She's like, wait, there's like fucking magic? Yeah. <laughs> well, we saw, we saw it in the beginning with Seth. True, so, that's so, a good so point. So at this point, we're gonna, this is where you finally make the connection. Like, this is the part where I think even Joe would text us. It was like, is Kaladin like Seth? Because mm-hmm. of this moment. So oh, man. Super, super exciting well, stuff. Well, let's here. get ready for it then, yeah? Yeah. Honestly, the big takeaway for me here is that Gaz was, there's some like... Subtle hints that Gaz was becoming a light weaver and that cryptics were following him. Even on so the, cool. This is your first read through, right? There's no yeah. way you would have picked something like that. No way, no way. No. Honestly, if I wasn't, I don't take, think I did. In my if I wasn't first actively taking notes, I don't think I would have picked up on it either. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. I like this is my third read through. I do not think that I noticed it in my second read through, <laughs> even though I knew what Gaz becomes. Yeah, uh, but it's just. It's the, the last thing I'll leave us with is I remember a lot of people who tell me about you know Way of Kings. I couldn't get into it. It was it was so dense and it's so much world building. But when you do read it back like this and you see all of the super tiny crumbs that Brandon has left you, like Gaz feeling something in the darkness, like Kaladin having the Dunspheres all of the time, 
Like it, no, well, it's fun. I can't it's wait with Shallon to bring up the shard blade in like the Sha- first Shallon um, chapter. Sha- <laughs> Once again, Shallon and Yasna, I really just find their entire dynamic so interesting. I know. I I truly enjoy it. You know, because obviously we already know the action parts that are coming with Kalanin. So it, it's just nice to see the back and forth. We're about wittiness. to get some action with Yasna and Shallon, though. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So we will we will leave it leave it here. Um, really, really great couple of chapters here to talk about. Um, and uh, we'll call it a wrap. Thank you for uh, thank you to all the Kremlings for listening and joining us in the spoiler section. Even though no, some of you probably shouldn't be here, Max and others. Yeah, but thank you for joining anyway. Uh, as always, like I said before, before we got into the spoiler section, you want to contact us highlyinvestedpodcast at gmail.com highly invested podcast on Instagram. Uh, until next time, Kremlings. Some shit. Say more shits. I am scouring the internet for the perfect Way of Kings meme. I will say that 50% of them are about Calden just being sad and depressed. I can't just post Dude, that. You can't search the in- Be careful, Bets. <laughs> Be careful. The problem is, is I don't even know what I don't know. So if I see anything that relates to something I don't understand, I just like glaze over it. Okay. Like I don't even read it. Um... You were just not ready. I like to live on the edge. Clearly.